Okay. Um, in the next slide, uh, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. Okay. Matthew chapter 14, 22 to 33. If someone can post that on our, on our thread, on our Facebook feed. <clears throat> but if you have your slides, we're in uh, slide number seven. I'm going to read the whole, the whole passage to you, and then we'll, we'll move through it. Let me get my phone so that I can get the whole thing at once. Matthew chapter four, Matthew chapter four. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he uh, dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25. Shortly before Jesus, uh, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they replied, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. <clears throat> you know, when I look at this passage in, in verse number um, 24, we see that Jesus is sending his disciples into the lake. And there's a huge storm that starts whipping the boat. The winds are against it. There's huge waves. And this is typical of the Sea of Galilee. It's actually a really dangerous sea to sail on. If you look at um, the eighth slide, it has the topography of this lake. It's surrounded by hills and mountains. And what happens is that this lake becomes a funnel for the wind. And so the wind is funneling in from the mountainside through the valley into this lake, and it can come suddenly and violently. It can come in an unexpected way. Even for the most seasoned sailors, they'll be journeying across the sea, and then all of a sudden, a storm will hit, and, and it catches them completely off guard. And I think about the length in which the disciples were wrestling against this, this storm, that it says that they were too far away from land to be able to head back. They were kind of in the middle of it and they didn't know which way to go and how long it would last and if they were going to make it to shore. <clears throat> in fact, we know from the time that they probably struggled for about nine hours, that their strength was waning, that fear and panic was rising. And even for the most seasoned sailors like Peter and maybe a few of the other disciples, 
they were probably um, in fear of their lives. And I think about how closely that relates to our circumstance as we are in a pandemic, um, fearing for our healthcare workers, fearing for the health of the elders, <coughs> fearing for my health, you know, um, and the health of our families. We, we, are, we are in lockdown. We're not sure if our healthcare system will, will be able to absorb the influx of people with coronavirus. And then we are in this um, panic in our economy as well. We see our stocks tanking. And very practically, we're afraid of being laid off. We're not sure if we're going to be able to pay rent. And then we have this third aspect of being isolated and not being able to see our friends, not being afraid to come in contact with, with our family, um, being alone and not sure if our mental and, and emotional state can hold up well in this isolation. You know, for some of us who have struggled with anxiety or depression, um, it's difficult to be alone. It's difficult to not uh, be able to give someone a hug or have the support of the people around us. So I think these three facets of health, of, of our, our finances, and of our isolation has just been this perfect storm in our life. And we're not sure when it's going to end, but we're sure that it's touched all of us in a thousand different ways, in small ways and in, and in huge ways, we felt the repercussions of the storm. I remember walking to Trader Joe's for the first time and I had waited maybe a week to get there last Sunday and seeing the shelves cleared was a totally different experience for me. I mean, I saw it on Instagram feeds. I saw it. I saw people posting stories of Costco lines going around the building, but to stand in the middle of the grocery store personally and to see the shelves cleared, it, there was just panic in my heart, you know? Um, and, and I think we've all felt a moment in the last two weeks where, or many moments where, where it became too much, where we realized this is different, that this is, this is bigger than we've ever experienced. And, and, and we were drowning a little bit. Um, you know, we look at Jesus and we see that when the disciples were unable to come towards him, was unable to reach them, that Jesus takes so many steps in order to find and to touch his disciples. We see that in verse 22, he's in prayer. He's in silence and solitude and prayer and, and that he's on a mountainside. And I imagine that he is on the mountainside of the lake, watching his disciples and praying for them. We know that Jesus is our great high priest, that he intercedes with us. And so in the middle of our storm, can we silence our hearts enough to hear the prayers of Jesus? What is Jesus praying for you? In the middle of you feeling alone and panicked, in the middle of your, you watching your bank account um, drop, that Jesus in the, is in the middle of it praying for you. And then we see 
him walk towards this, his disciples. In verse 25, it says, uh, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And, and we know that Jesus is walking towards us in the middle of our fear and our panic, is walking towards us in, in our apartment, that Jesus shows himself in the middle of, of crisis. When the disciples saw him walking in the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. You know, I love the little phrase, it is I. As he sees the fear of his disciples, he says, don't be afraid twice. And in the middle of it, he says, it is I. And I wonder if in the middle of our fears, we have found Jesus. That there's fear in front of us and behind us, right? But Jesus says, don't be afraid because in the middle of your fears, it is I. In the Greek, it's actually more powerful. It's, it's I am. Jesus is revealing himself as God in the middle of the storm. And I think of all the times that we have found Jesus and, and seen him in a different way, isn't it in the middle of crisis that we find Jesus? You know, isn't it when the crowds are starving and it's a long journey home? Isn't it there that they find that Jesus is the provider, is, is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides? Isn't it the lepers and the blind men and, and Peter's mom who find Jesus as healer, healer Jehovah Ralphi? The, the God who heals. And isn't it when we are in dismay that we find Jesus as comforter? You know, God doesn't appear to the healthy as healer. He doesn't appear to the, to the people who have it all together as one who comforts. He says that, he says, blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be feel, filled. And I wonder if Jesus wants to appear in the space where you're struggling the most. I think that in the middle of the storm, at some point, we realize that we don't have control. And we start either letting go or things get ripped out of our hands. The things we've leaned on for rhythm and for stability, they're not here anymore. And, and we've, never been, we've never been here. We've never been at a point where our kids are out of school and our schools are shut down. I don't remember school's ever shutting down in my lifetime. I talked to people in their 60s. They don't remember school ever shutting down. I've never been to a supermarket that's empty. I've never seen in and out closed. All the things that we just kind of move into week after week without a second thought has been ripped out from under us. You know, we complain about work and then we go into it at, at 9 a.m. We complain about school and we brush our teeth and we we walk into our campus and, and I think in this storm, 
Jesus, in the middle of storms and crisis, we get negative space. We get, we get, we get things pulled out from us. And things that used to fill our lives are not there anymore. It's, it's empty. Our social calendar is empty. Our work calendar uh, for a lot of us is empty. And in this negative space, I believe that Jesus wants to fill it. Jesus is saying, I am. I will fill the negative space in your life. That if you're feeling alone, let me fill that space with my presence. If you're feeling isolated, let me fill that space with my person. If you're feeling afraid and, and the things that had brought you comfort are now pulled away, let me push into it and fill the space with my peace. You know, there's this, there's a moment when we, when we kind of give up clenching to other things in crisis. And that's the moment we can cling on to Jesus. You know, that's what I see here for Peter. He says, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. You know, we're, we can get so fixated on Peter walking on water, which is amazing. Um, I'd love to do that. But, you know, in Peter's mind, he's not thinking he wants to be a sideshow. He's not, he's not the guy that's like volunteering for the magician to saw him in half or to do the magic trick on. What Peter, he doesn't say, have me, I want to walk on water. He says, tell me to come to you. And the water is just the space between him and Jesus. The water is the fear that Peter is walking on top of to get to his savior. For the sailor, being in the water means death. You never go to the water. You always stay on the boat. And if the boat's ripped in half, you get on the half of the boat that's still floating. Water was, was death. And it's always resembled death in the Jewish culture, in the ancient culture. Uh, Jonah fell into the water and, and it was an equivalent of him dying. Uh, Peter is saying, I want to walk across my fear. I want to walk across death in order to get to you. That you are safer than the boat. It's a relational moving towards Jesus. That's what Peter is asking for. And that's what Jesus is inviting him into. He says, come. As Peter is saying, Jesus, I want to be with you in the middle of the storm. Jesus is saying, come. And as we see the storm raging around us, whether it's health or economics or being alone and isolated, is it in this moment, are we allowing Jesus to appear to us? And in our heart of hearts, are we saying, God, I want to be with you? Do we hear his invitation to come? Jesus, Peter, isn't asking to walk on water. He's asking to be close to his Savior. Could, maybe this is a moment 
in all the negative space in our life, uh, in our calendar, in our social life, in our finances, maybe this is a moment where we get to see Jesus fill in those gaps, fill in that space where he is coming to us. You know, we can, we can allow Jesus to fill in that negative space. Or we can do what I did last week, you know, numb it, try to problem solve, try to cling to things, succumb to addiction. There's a lot of things that want to fill the space. Uh, Netflix want to fill the space. Gaming wants to fill the space. But would you allow that space to be filled with Jesus? Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why do you doubt? When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. You know, on our way to Jesus, we might slip and fall. We, we might look around and be caught up again in fear and panic. Or just give another 12 hours to Netflix and gaming. Or our addictions. It's not this perfect journey between where we are and where Jesus is. Sometimes we're walking on water and other times we're just asking for help. Other times we're just screaming out for Jesus. And in his compassion, when we fail, when our faith isn't enough, Jesus can come and rescue us. Jesus can come and, and grab us out of the water. So for some of us, it's this, it's this amazing act of faith walking on top of our fears to get to Jesus. And for others of us, we, all we can do is, is ask Jesus to save us. All we can do is cry out in the middle of our panic, in the middle of our loneliness and isolation, in the middle of our fear, losing our job, Lord, save me. And he can do that too. He can reach out and grab us. And I wonder how many of us have just enough fear to cry out and to ask for him to take control of the things that we've lost in our lives. And he will, he will do that for us. You know, in the end, Jesus is asking for people who, to know, who know him to have faith and not doubt. To see that he is God over the storm that he can provide food for, for the thousands, that he can heal the worst of diseases, that in the middle of all of our fears, we find that Jesus is the I am, the king of every domain in our lives. And when, that, when we see him in a new way, when we see him calm the storm in our life, we bow down and worship that we worship him. That's what happens in verse 33. 
Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. I think this is a time where we realize that these things that we had worshipped, they can fail so quickly. Right. The stock market that we've leaned on for 10 years has failed in a matter of days. The job that we thought was secure can fail us. Our health can fail us. Our healthcare system can fail us. Our friends can become afraid. And I think in these moments, we recognize our idols and we have an opportunity to turn and worship God and to cling to him. I wonder what aspects of your life, you know, it, you realize, man, I built my value and my security on something else. We don't know. We don't really know whether Jesus is king until these other things are ripped away. And, and I've realized this week, man, maybe Jesus was a part of my identity and, and value. Maybe Jesus was a part of pleasure and the things I find joy, joy in, but I've also found joy and value and pleasure in all these other things. And have they've been ripped away, Disneyland and, uh, and being able to preach to people in person and volleyball and friends, as they've been ripped away, I, there is negative space in my life. And that negative space is basically saying, Jesus, you hadn't filled that part of me. Other things have. But, but would you do that now? Would you do that now? And when I get these other things back, would you be the thing, the Lord uh, and the King filling this space and would the other things just really be attached to you? That I would enjoy my friends, not as, um, not as an idol to give me security and love, but as a, as an addition to your security and love, as a blessing from your hand. That's our opportunity this week. Um, our, our 11th slide is this wonderful throwback to Isaiah 43. <clears throat> Even then, the Lord is saying that when you pass through waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom. You know, when I think about us being in lockdown, um, here are some application points that I think will allow us to move toward Jesus. And so how is Jesus appearing to you in the middle of the storm, in the lockdown? How, how, how are you seeing Jesus in this moment? What is the great I am that Jesus wants to be in your life? You know, in the if you can identify the negative space in your life um, where something just got ripped out, that's where you can also see the place that Jesus wants to fill in. And what are some practical ways that you can walk toward Jesus this week? Um, the way Peter did in the middle of the storm, just that he said, Lord, let me come to you. Is that something we can pray this week 
in the middle of everything going on, Lord, let me come to you. Let me cross the space between you and I. And at Renew, we've been doing, I'm going to promote this again. And I've been doing this, I don't know, since, since the new year. We've been talking through silence and solitude for the last eight weeks in preparation for a moment like this, right? I mean, we've ne- we'll never have more silence and solitude in our lifetimes. And what an amazing opportunity to go through our day-by-day, emotionally healthy, devotional um, in our in community, you know, would you with your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, best friend say, hey, where let's go through this again. Let's start in the middle, start at the beginning and sit with the Lord and learn how to be silent before him. Learn how to engage um, face to face with Jesus. And if you need help with that, we did a whole emotionally healthy series. You got lots of free time. Just play through them. Um but we can intentionally have a media-free morning and quiet our souls before the Lord. A lot of us, um, some of us have kids, but maybe we could carve out uh, 30 minutes or an hour to do this, um, to just sit with Jesus, to, to journal, to quiet our souls before him. Just because the room is quiet doesn't mean our hearts are quiet, right? Just because just we have had a lot of time um, doesn't mean that we've spent that time with the Lord. And so doing that intentionally. And then lastly, maybe we could start a Bible plan with a friend. I, I would love to encourage us to do it in community, to do it with the people in our family, to do it with a friend, to do it in our small groups. You know, maybe our small groups can touch, have a touch point daily where daily we're putting down um, the question in, in our journal and just kind of walking through our time with the Lord together. Maybe daily we can uh, invite everyone into a Bible plan and put down our thoughts um, in, of, of God's word together. And so I want to leave you with these questions and give us lots of space. Um, you know, it's been an hour. We have about an hour and 30 minutes I would love for, for you who are in our small groups to interact and to, um, and to answer these questions and, and to have a discussion around them and to even in your small groups or maybe in pairs to say, how can we walk towards Jesus this week? How can we practically use our time in order to meet Jesus in the middle of the storm, in order to allow negative space to be filled uh, by the Lord. Let me pray us out, but I want to encourage you to spend time in your small group. Spend the next 30, uh, 20 minutes uh, being with your small group, talking through these prompts and and fellowshipping together. And I'll be doing the same um, on this thread. We'll go ahead and leave comments and I would love to uh, chat with you and and more so bring you into our community. Um, if you're not in a church, um, if you've been at Renew, but you're not, you don't know anyone, no one knows you. I want to invite you to be a part of our church, you know, not to be a fan or audience member, but to participate in the body of Christ. And so, again, you could personally message me. 
you can uh, leave um, your name on this on this thread, and we would love to invite you into our small groups. We would love to invite you into our family because that's what church is, right? It's not watching a live stream. It's knowing the community and having them know you. It's having people who you love, who who you miss, who will serve you and and sacrifice for you during this time, and who you're willing to serve and sacrifice. That's what church is. Church is family. And, you know, if we have anything that we knew, we have family. I'm so grateful uh, for each of you. Um, I love you so much. I just think about your faces and I wish I could give you a hug. I wish I could see you. Um, but reach out to me. If, if I could video chat with you to encourage you one-on-one, -on -one, I would love to do that. Let's pray together. Father, we just, for everyone who put down their phones, uh, who turned off Netflix to create negative space for you to fill. I pray that you would have spoken to them. I pray that you would have appeared in the middle of their storm. Uh, all of us are processing and, and it's hard. It's hard to even list all the things we've lost in the last week. But God, what if we could gain you? Oh, Jesus, I believe that you want us to gain you at this loss. I, I just see my beautiful church, my family in front of me, you know, all the places they sit on Sunday. I just... I just see them there and I pray, Lord, I pray that they would find you in the storm and that they would walk on water so that they can be close to you. I pray that they would find you in a new way that you would appear to them in a place where they have filled, where we have filled with idols, Lord. That we have filled certain parts of our hearts, certain parts of our lives with idols, to give us joy, to find security, to have value, to gain love. And Lord, if any of them have been taken away, I pray that we would find you, the true and living God, to replace it, to overflow our hearts with your peace, with your love, with your company, with your provision. That we wouldn't run to addiction. We wouldn't run to numbing our, our soul with Netflix. We wouldn't run to social media and the thin um, superficial interaction with other people. We would, we would be face to face with a true and living God. Teach us Lord to be silent. Teach us to embrace the slowness. Teach us to hear your beautiful voice calming the storm. You don't shout at it. You just, you just whisper. And it's calm. Jesus, I just imagine you whispering to the storms in our life. To the storms raging in our soul. And I speak peace, Lord. I speak peace to my brothers and sisters. That you would calm the storm in their soul.
and they would have met you this morning and they would meet you every day. Every day, Lord, that the first thing they do, that the thing they do at 2 p.m. and at 6 be to quiet their heart and see you in the middle of the chaos. That they wouldn't be distracted by the winds and the waves, but they would, they would make eye contact with the God of the wind and the waves, the God of the ocean. Whether it's crying out to save us or whether it's just walking on top of water, Lord, you love us and you're with us. You know, the last thing I wanted to do today is, is just to pray for those of us uh, maybe who have walked away for a long time, who have secured ourselves in other things. And then this, this week, we're like, man, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Maybe, maybe it's you rededicating your life. And saying, Lord, would you, would you take my life again? And he'll take lives that are spiraling. He'll take our ashes. He'll take, he'll take the, re the rebels and, and make it a city again. Like he takes the, the, the hearts of the downtrod, the brokenhearted. He takes us where we are. So whether we're, we've been far away or whether we've, we've never known him, but today we want to. We want to see Jesus and we want to cling to him. I want to lead us in a prayer, a really simple prayer that would allow Jesus to live in your heart, um, that would allow you to be a follower of him and to be secure in him. Would you pray with me if that's your desire? Is If your desire is to say, God, I'm letting go of, of trying to weather the storm on my own, and I want to walk to you. Would you pray this prayer? Jesus, thank you for appearing to me. Thank you for loving me and for wanting to be in my life. I'm sorry for walking away from you. I'm sorry for the things I've done that are evil. I pray that you would forgive me and that you would be the Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.